Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Are you feeling the sting of being laid off or fired? It can be difficult to look ahead, but this episode is here for some powerful motivation. In this episode, we discuss how to get back up and take control of your future, no matter what curveballs life throws at you. Our guest today is Todd Kukan. After layoffs and being fired from a toxic workplace culture, Todd found himself unemployed. After years of frustrating workplace experiences, Todd set out to make a difference in adding value to those who, like him, are passionate about ditching the workplace drama in favor of optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. He is on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. You have an extensive background in leadership, being a consultant for the John Maxwell leadership team, and your experience working in corporate. So I'm really excited to have you on today. Tell our listeners a little bit about your career journey and your background. Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Great to be on the show. My background really is in education. I was a teacher, coach coming out of college, did a lot of college coaching as well. Then I got into the nonprofit world, did a lot of work with a lot of different organizations. Actually, I've worked with 17 different organizations since high school. I'm kind of like a millennial that are moving around the jobs. I'm a little bit older than a millennial, I think. Ended up in working for a chamber of commerce. And then just recently, a little over a year ago, I decided to jump on my own, become a full-time solopreneur in the leadership consulting area. Well, it sounds like you've had a, quite the journey working for a lot of different organizations and a lot of different industries within those organizations. One of the challenges, and you and I talked a little bit before jumping on, one of the challenges that we're seeing in the workforce today is layoffs, which can be very discouraging. I know that I've worked for an organization where we went through multiple layoffs and it's difficult not only for obviously the person that's being laid off, but also those that are trying to navigate how to manage, be lead your team through that. Tell us a little bit, maybe a time where a company that you got worked for has possibly gone through layoffs or restructuring. I think the key element in all this, Danielle, is culture. And if you're laying people off, if that has to happen, what kind of culture are you creating? How are you supporting your employees? I've been in some situations where I've been laid off. I've been in situations four times when I've actually been fired. One of those firings was quite interesting. During the course of my tenure there, myself and two other vice presidents, because of the culture, went to the board and said, our president has to go. She just wasn't doing her job. And she was released, which is a risky thing to do, to jump over the president to the board of directors. But then it turned around a year later, and the new president came in. Turns out the president of the board was good friends with the person that we got rid of. And I was next on the chopping block. And it was kind of interesting because the person I reported to, the vice president, she read me the legalistic piece of paper off the document. And I was walked out the door like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But as I'm driving home, she called me and apologized for having to do that. 
because she was not interested in all in doing it. She was told she had to eliminate me from the position. It was an interesting transition, but again, another learning point for me. I think that's one of the biggest challenges when we're working for an organization, and this is a twofold situation. One being, if you are the person that's being laid off, what a lot of people don't maybe realize is there is specific language that human resources, that your manager must do. And really the reason why is they're minimizing the risk of being sued. It's a lawsuit. There's specific language that they have to use and required to use to minimize the risk of a lawsuit. And on the receiving end, it can feel very impersonal. It can feel very much so if you especially if you had a relationship with this individual, you can feel possibly undervalued, underappreciated, and robotic type of exchangement. And then on the flip side, on the other side, you've got a manager who is having to read this verbatim language and it can feel so disconnected when possibly that layoff has nothing to do with their performance, but has everything to do with maybe budget cuts. And it's to seeing and understanding that perspective on both sides that can be beneficial in understanding the why. Cause sometimes we start to internalize and we start to think of, Oh, it's my fault. I'm getting laid off, but that could be completely not the reason at all could have to do with budget cuts or restructuring or whatever the reason is. What advice would you give to those who possibly maybe have been laid off? What would be that next steps for them to do? You actually said the key word I was going to say, and that's next. I used to coach with Bo Ryan and people who know basketball. He's a Hall of Famer and just about every Hall of Fame. He always talked about next. When you lose a game, think next. What's next? Practice. When you win a game, you don't think about your next opponent. You think, what are you going to do next to make that step along the way? And that's really helped me a lot to get through a lot of different things is I can't think five years, one year, three months down the road, I, okay, what am I going to do next? So as I was driving back from Appleton, Wisconsin, back to where I lived, about an hour drive, okay, what are the next things I have to do? Well, I have to start reaching out to people I know. Get re-engaged with their network. If you don't have a network, start creating a network. Get involved in LinkedIn. I just dove right into the job search. And those who are closest to me, we all hopefully have our inner circle of people that are the ones who are closest to us, our key, our advisors, our mentors, the people that we can rely on. Make sure you have conversations with them because they can help you get through, particularly some of the mental part, your belief system. Because you're absolutely right, Danielle. Your belief system at least takes a nick, if not a blow, when something like that happens. And again, whether it's a budget cut or a performance issue, whatever, but you really just keep focusing on what's next. Sometimes I call it failing forward, right? And at night, you just fall into bed and the next morning you get up and start again and think about that. What's the next thing I need to do? And at some point, you'll have time to reflect and think through what maybe happened, what could you have done differently? But I think mostly focusing on what's down the road for you. You alluded a little bit to that mindset. And I know that if there's budget cuts, a little bit easier sometimes to digest. It may not have anything to do. It may have everything to do with maybe budget cuts. You also alluded to a little bit about maybe that person was fired because of performance. And reframing that mindset, not necessarily in saying, oh, well, I'm horrible at what I do. I didn't perform well. And maybe it has everything to do with, maybe it just wasn't an alignment cultural-wise. Maybe it wasn't the right job that you per se that you might be in. I know that there's been some people who have been in sales and weren't necessarily successful. And then they realign themselves to maybe operations or logistics. And all of a sudden, they started to flourish and their career started to just upward trajectory. It's really important to, as you say, protect that mindset and to 
look forward as to what's next. And there's also another word that you use that I want to hone in on here, and that is reflection. Elaborate a little bit more on this reflection piece. I think in anything that we do, whether we're the most successful person on earth or whether we're the most challenged person, I think we need to take that time to really think. And referring back to John Maxwell, John spends at least a half hour to an hour every day in a quiet room in his favorite chair with a legal pad and a pen. Now, I know for some of you, you're rolling your eyes and that's old fashioned. And yeah, you can use your phone, your tablet, but eliminate distractions. And he just writes down on his pad, whatever pops into his mind and really helps him. You hear about a brain dump, right? If you can just cleanse your mind of everything, get it down on paper, be reflective about it. And maybe you don't address it at that moment. And you start seeing a theme. If you do that every day, you start seeing that theme about what's on your mind and what's bothering you or what's giving you energy and really reflect on those. I've been fortunate to be around a number of people who have taught me more about that whole concept. It's not necessarily meditation. It's just being reflective and thoughtful. And then it's easier to get into your life. Okay, these are the things I have to do next. And maybe a couple ideas will come up, will bubble up through that reflection as well. I am in 100% agreement with you on reflection and taking that time to put yourself and be intentional about putting yourself in a quiet space. Because we are constantly bombarded with information, whether it's emails or phones or text messages and social media. And we're constantly clouded with information that's going back and forth within our synapses within our brain. And so when we put ourselves in our intention about putting ourselves in a quiet space and minimizing all those distractions, that's when the clarity and the focus happens, the best innovative ideas happen. And doing it intentionally each day and journaling it, I found so much excitement just journaling. And I think it's very reflective through that process and always looking at what are some of the successes that have been taking place? How can we continue to grow those? Hey, maybe what are some changes that I can do to adapt that growth mindset and be the better person tomorrow than I was today? Because that's continuous. There's another little thing I've done too. And again, I'm more of a paper pen guy, but If you get a three by five note card, slip it in your pocket, your purse, wherever, with a pen. And when something good happens in your day, just jot it down real quick. Even an insignificant little thing, jot it down. By the end of the day, you'll have three, four, five things. So when you go home to your spouse or your partner or your dog or your goldfish, and they say, well, how was your day? You can pull that card out and start talking about the good things that happened. So it's kind of a day-long journaling of the good things that happened. It helps shift your mindset. And when you go home, instead of complaining about all the bad stuff that happened during your day at work. You can pull that card out and go, hey, these three or four great things happened. Maybe I just started out the day making my bed. Maybe that was a big accomplishment. But at least you've got one thing then to go home at night and say you've accomplished. But I think if you can do that, and whatever system you use, journaling like you use, Danielle, I think that's a great way to, again, keep that positive mindset, think about what's going on next, and really be reflective about your day and your life. I know that there's times when I was leading my teams, if ever I was having a rough day, I've always saved the thank you cards for my team. (laughs) Anytime I was having just a rough day, maybe there's a lot of different fires going on that day, bombarded with information. I would just take a second to sit down and read through the thank you cards. And it was just always a boost of motivation and energy and shifting that mindset for me. I know that mindset can have a fluffy, I would say, connotation to it sometimes, but it very much so is important. When you look at some of the most successful people that are out there, they're always focused on the what's next. They don't let some of these challenges dwell on them and pull them back into a state where they're stuck in that negativity and pessimism. Obviously, going through a layoff is very challenging. It's very disheartening. And 
sometimes those doors shutting end up being the doors that open for career growth. There's always that next opportunity out there. And as you were talking, Danielle, I was also thinking, what if you're a friend of somebody who has been laid off? What can you do? And I think besides being there, obviously, and talking is send a handwritten note. You know, think about when you get a handwritten note in the mail, right? A birthday card. But if it's a handwritten note, not somebody poem, but write a little handwritten note. I've done that in a number of different situations, both in careers and personally. And I get thank you notes for the thank you note or the gratitude note. One of the things I talk about is committing intentional acts of kindness. The person who's been laid off, they're hurting no matter what they look like on the outside. Just jot them a quick note. Hey, sorry it happened. How can I help? I'll be here for you, whatever the case might be. Coming off the conversation that I just had, whenever I'm having a rough day, I look at those thank you notes of what my yeah, team right. wrote. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. If you know that's somebody cool. who's recently gone through a layoff, take the time to sit down with them, talk to them, write a thank you note, because it's those little acts of kindness that make such a big difference in helping them through that difficult situation. It shouldn't be, but it's often you feel embarrassed about it. As my drive home from the job where I was read the legalese, I'm thinking about, okay, I got to tell my wife, got to tell my kids, I got to tell my parents, got to tell her parents. And it's like, oh my God, I wanted to crawl in a hole. And then you get out of it, you start talking to people, networking. But looking at those notes, those nice notes you got in the past are currently make a big difference. Yeah, they absolutely do. Are you feeling burnt out and overwhelmed? Want to advance your career or find a new job? Maybe you want to build an impactful and profitable business. I left a highly successful Fortune 500 sales career to help people develop the grit, resilience, and courage necessary to thrive in a complex and changing market. In the show notes, you will find free workbooks with tips and strategies for attracting your dream job, advancing your career, preventing burnout, and building a business. Take advantage of your free workbook by downloading it now. Let's talk about what to do next, because now you've been in this position where maybe possibly you've been fired or laid off and we're talking about these next steps. So we first talked about mindset and gratitude and getting in that positive mindset so that we can focus on what's next. What are maybe three to five steps that this individual can take? If somebody's recently gone through a layoff or have been fired, what are three steps that they can take to get them towards that next forward motion or forward movement? I think LinkedIn is one too. I think by now, a lot of people, I don't know what percentage, but the majority of adults are on LinkedIn. I think that's a great tool for networking and connecting with people and reaching out to people. Obviously, getting on the phone, calling people in your network, going out, have a lunch or a Zoom call, which that adds so much more now, the capabilities of connecting with people. But it's really about connecting, letting people know, making people aware. Don't send an email with your resume attached saying, I'm looking for a job. I don't know that's necessarily yet to keep it somewhat personal and just continue to do that. That's what I've done in situations. And it's more about who do you know is going to get you to the next job. You can certainly apply for lots of jobs and copy and paste your resume. But what's really going to make a difference is who you know, who can refer you to somebody. One thing that Maxwell taught as well is when you talk to somebody at the end of the conversation, whether it's because you're laid off or you're a salesperson, who do you know that I need to know? talking to that friend of yours and say, my situation now, who should I be talking to? Who can you connect me to and help spread that network? I just think if you're not already doing that, continue to do that. So if you're in a job, you're not on LinkedIn, oh my gosh, get on it. So people can start seeing your face and seeing who you are and then just connecting with others. Send notes to people, send handwritten notes to people after you have a lunch meeting with somebody or a coffee. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to spend some time with me. I really appreciate it. I'll maybe reach out to you again in a couple of weeks and let you know how things are going. 
the networking, the handwritten notes, once you get past the mindset part, just keep falling forward. I'm glad that you mentioned LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a powerful tool. I know that initially LinkedIn was a platform where people were, if you were looking for a job, that was the platform to use. But I'm finding that more and more people, professionals are going on LinkedIn, whether they are looking for a job or not. And I can share two success stories. One being that I had a client who we worked on their LinkedIn profile because they were positioning themselves for wanting to step into a leadership role within their organization. So we worked on branding and optimizing their LinkedIn profile. And we worked on different ways this individual can showcase their leadership skills in person and online on LinkedIn. And it ended up being, he was not looking for a job, but it ended up being that his profile and the content that he was sharing, a recruiter reached out to him and set up an interview for a position two levels higher than where he was at. It was a significant jump in income and position. And he's now in a position that is in the C-suite executive that is going to open the doors for a very high trajectory and leadership within his career. There's a success of people who are in a job, they're very happy, but maybe a door is open for them that they didn't even know was out there. And then the other situation where I've had is clients And I shared this statistics before, but on average, each online posting has 250 applications and the automatic tracking system often only filters the top 10%. You may be a high performer, but if you don't have the right keywords in that resume, your resume may be filtered out. It's extremely important to have a LinkedIn profile that is up to date, optimized for the SEO keywords. As you're saying, making those connections both over the phone, through thank you notes, and then also through LinkedIn as well. It's such a powerful tool. On a much smaller scale, as a solopreneur, I try to post daily, let people know I'm not selling. I'm just posting information about leadership and culture. And I had somebody who I coached in basketball 35 years ago. I told you I was old, but 35 years ago, he reached out to me and said, Hey, Todd, I see you doing work with DISC, the personality behavioral assessment tool. We just did some work with our company, want to do some more. Can we talk? One thing led to another, and I ended up with a really nice contract with this company. And again, it's all just because I stayed connected in my network. I was active. People knew I was out there. And like you said, you never know when that person is going to reach out and get you that position. Not that you're out there looking for it, but you're out there and there are always opportunities and it keeps you in front of people and on their mind. Todd, it's because of people like you that are constantly posting on LinkedIn and sharing your advice on leadership, on behavioral types, that people are also learning. I find that a lot of more and more content on LinkedIn is about developing different skill sets to thrive professionally and personally. And so it's now also becoming a platform where you can take LinkedIn learning courses. So if there's specific skills that you want to develop, there's a lot of people that are posting very inspiring, motivating posts, but also some advice on leadership and change management and burnout that's also being shared on LinkedIn as well. So it's now also becoming a very great platform to learn. It's so powerful. You can be notified when it's somebody who you're connected to. It's their birthday. I send a happy birthday every time. Just the other day, somebody reached back to me and said, Oh, Todd, you made me think about, we'd like to do this. Can you help us with this? My intention was just to wish him a happy birthday. And now it turns around. You never know. You can learn a lot. Again, stay connected. Two things to be careful of. One is if someone sends you a happy birthday note, don't send back a five-paragraph sales pitch on what you're doing. Just say thank you. And if you're going to say thank you, 
make it look personal because I'll have some people that'll say, thank you, comma, comma, space, Todd Kukan, comma. I'm like, okay, well, that person really didn't want very sincere, but I guess they did reply. I'll take it. But make it personal. When you make a connection, add a note, make it a personal thing because it pays off in the long run. Okay. I have to admit, I've been a little guilty of that. Thank you. Because on average, I get about a hundred messages a week through LinkedIn. Oh my God. I've got people that are contacting me through LinkedIn, work email, Telegram, Voxer, WhatsApp, you name it, they're connected. I have to admit, with the amount of LinkedIn messages I get, sometimes I do say thank you, but I do agree that there's more value in creating that personal element to that as well. You've got a great problem. That's for sure. That's a great problem to have. Like on mine, the automated message for happy birthday is a capital H small B. I go in every time I change the small B to a large B and I add the person's name. And that just a quick thing like that. And just those teeny tiny things, I think. But again, it depends on how many messages you're getting in a day too. If it just responding is a good thing. Yeah. I want to add to that too, because you've talked in a various different ways about acts of kindness and these random acts of kindness. You said thank you notes, reaching out to people, as you said, saying happy birthday. Also take that a step further and writing recommendations on people's LinkedIn posts. Maybe that could be committing to writing three recommendations a week, a month, whatever that is, whether you're looking for a job or not. But you never know what that could mean for that individual, for that individual to hear how they're making an impact and how that also strengthens your relationship with that individual as well. It's always about giving five times more than you're asking back. And a good example, and it made me think of that as you were talking, Danielle, when you go to a networking event, maybe go to a Chamber of Commerce Social or some other networking event in the community for nonprofit, you lost your job, you're trying to figure out ways to get re-engaged, you go to the event, don't go there and hand out 50 or 100 of your business cards with your contact information. Have some meaningful conversations with maybe five people that you don't know and follow up with them with a handwritten note after the event. Hey, great talking to you, great meeting you. Here's my card. If you know of any opportunities, let me know. Is there anybody else I should talk to? Connect with them on LinkedIn. Send a personal message through there. But don't go to an event and run off your business card or your profile. Make sure you make some meaningful connections because those will do you so much more good in the long run. It's really about give to get. Give to other people and it'll come full circle and return back to you. And I'm really excited because you talked about that give to get. I am interviewing the author of, if you've heard the book, The Go-Giver. Oh yeah, one of my favorite books. And he's got one on sales and leadership and marriage. And I get to interview him next week. So I'm really excited to interview that author. Oh, that's great. That's awesome, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I know our listeners out there, if they've recently experienced a job loss, laid off or fired, this might be just exactly what they needed to hear for just a little bit of a boost of motivation and inspiration. And also too, for our listeners, I've done several episodes on how to optimize your LinkedIn profile resumes. And if you're looking for a job, what to do, but I'll also be adding another one up pretty soon as well. Thank you so much for joining, Todd. I appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. Great chatting with you. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. 
Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.